Welcome to the debrief of the Villa podcast. Villa fans, I hope you enjoy the episode. Drop the video a like. Get involved in the comments section down below. Joined by Justin. How are you? Good evening, Luke. Right, let's get stuck into this then. So, I'm going to start off with what you can see from the title, the thumbnail of this video. You know, Unai Emery was absolutely livid after the game. It was absolutely raging. Um, I spoke about it on the match reaction. What The one interview that I heard on TalkSport. And then as the night went on, I was watching different interviews that he did. And every single one, he was saying the exact same thing. Um, of, of basically how annoyed he was and frustrated and how what's happening in training isn't happening on the football pitch. And, you know, I was annoyed on the match preview, the match reaction. And, and, you know, you know, I was saying my thoughts on, on how frustrated I was. And I feel exactly how Unai Emery feels um, watching it. I think, you know, at times there's positives, but, We've got to look at this bigger picture on on how we're trying to play and and how good of a manager Unai Emery is. And we've said it from day one that he's an elite coach, he's an elite manager, he's one of the best coaches in Europe. And he still is. And it's all about Unai Emery setting his philosophy and his way of playing and the players carrying out what he wants them to do. And unfortunately, whether you enjoyed the game on Saturday because you thought it was entertaining or what you know whatever that's not an Unai Emery performance that we saw on Saturday and it just it wasn't it's not good enough it's really not good enough for the way in which Unai Emery wants this Aston Villa side to play football you know we do a lot of episodes each week and we, we talk about how he wants to play and we look at the stats and we look at everything that he wants this side to be and at the moment, the players aren't fulfilling how he wants them to play. So we will get into it. But um, Justin, do you want to add anything before I get into the key points of what he did say? Not really. I think you've covered it pretty well. You know, incredibly frustrating afternoon. Um, so much potential and promise in that first half. Barring the one mistake from, from Mings, it was almost, you know, perfect half, wasn't it? And then second half started to go downhill and then ended... Unfortunately, right at the end, in a in an injury time, a double blow, isn't it? So, lots to go over, lots to talk about. Um, and the Emery era starts now. I think. I think that's something that I've really, I've really yeah. felt uh, this week. I said it about three weeks ago. There was going to be. I felt there was going to be a. You know, we we're going to go. It was going to be a tougher period than we thought, and things were probably going to get worse before they get better. And that's exactly what's happening at the moment. But all is not lost, and I think there's so much to be positive about. But there's lots to talk about as well. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'll reiterate my point about Emery as well to start with is that we have a manager for the first time in absolutely God knows how many years that wants to play football the right way. He wants to keep hold of the football. And that is the biggest point I can say. Unai Emery wants Aston Villa to dominate possession of the game. He wants us to have majority of the possession to keep the ball and restrict the opposition from having numerous wave, wave after wave of chances. So let's get into it. So these are the points that Unai Emery made. 
We are not playing football, controlling the game, slash the ball. We are waiting for the 90 minutes to pass. We don't play. Uh, we're not being confident and it's disappointed. Uh, reaction quickly and very different than what we are showing. Uh, he said that we uh, they could score from corners, ball position. We, uh, we have to play and not 90 minutes in transition. So... What do I make of uh, of all of those points then? So we are not playing football. We're not controlling the game. So that is the main point of what an Unai Emery side wants to do. Control the football, dominate possession. If if we've got the ball, the opposition haven't got it. They can't hurt us. Um, we're wanting the 90 minutes to pass. I feel like this is to do with time-wasting. We're just going through the emotions. We're just waiting to get to the 90-minute mark. Um and you could you could see on on Saturday that we we just didn't want the ball in the second half. We really didn't want the ball. We weren't controlling the ball. And then the final point that he makes about transitions and that we have to play and not um, it, you know not playing transition. So what is a transition? So if Aston Villa have the football moving forward quickly, we lose the ball. We then have to go back and defend in a transition. We then have the ball. We lose it quickly. We then defend quickly again. So that's like a transition of having the ball, losing the ball, having the ball, losing the ball. And that is exactly what was happening on Saturday. We can't play a football match playing in a transition all the time. And that is the big point that he's saying. We have to keep the ball and not play in transitions, not playing. 30 second spells of having it and then a five minute spell of not having it where we're under the cosh and then we might get the ball and have a little bit of a break so I think we've we've really got to stop doing that and I think that's a that's a, a trait of of what we've been for so many years isn't it you know you watch Villa and you know we, we defend for long periods and then we wasteful with the ball and that's that whole thing of when we were defending for so many years as well, and it was always chaotic. We were always on the edge. The back line gets further and further back. We camped in our yard, but, you know, that's um, And then he also mentioned for the third goal, the supporters can go and review and analyse the click. We have the ball and we give them the ball and then they score. So, you know, he's, he's bitterly, bitterly frustrated. And it's just not good enough. So, um, I mean, that, that's what he said. And, 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 you know, he reiterated how frustrated he was. He said there's going to be a reaction quickly. Very different, very different to what we've seen before. Um, I expect something massive from um, the side going into the Everton game. And, and I totally feel him with frustration because, you know, the way in which he wants us to play in that second half, we just got so deep. And it was just so frustrating that we just didn't have the belief to sort of get hold of the ball and, and, and do some of the good things that we were doing in the first half because we've shown that we can score two well-worked, brilliant goals. But, um, you know, it, it was just so annoying. And we've got to get better with the ball. We've got to play it out better. We've got to stop time wasting. We've got to just show what we're, show what we're all about a little bit more and just be braver on the ball and yeah so I, 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 my main point is 110% back Unai Emery whatever Unai Emery is doing I, I back him because he wants to play football the correct way 
And we just got, we, I know it's going to take time with these players. Arthur probably won't be here next season, but they've got, they've got to sort it out. They've got to sort it out, the players. Have a, Justin. Nice rant. I love a rant. I love a loop rant. Um, he's got a vision in his head, hasn't he? He, he's been in the game for a very, very long time. He's had enormous amounts of success with multiple clubs, as we've said, ever since he's arrived. And in his head, he knows exactly the end goal for this team. He knows exactly where he wants this team to be in 18 months' time, two years' time. He also knows what it takes to be an elite team, to compete at the top of major leagues in European competitions, to win trophies. And when you've got all that swirling around in your head and you're on that training ground week in, day in, day out, week in, week out, and you're looking at the players you've currently got, you have to somehow make that work to your vision. Now, I'm 99% sure that, 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 that he hasn't got the, the right tools at his disposal to get to that end goal. He just hasn't. That's not there at the moment. We know there's going to be signings in the summer. We know we're going to improve season on season and window on window. So how do you get to that point? And this is the problem he's having. We currently play in spells. I think we've probably had a, a good couple of solid halves where we've been really, really good. I can't remember a full 90 off the top of my head where we've been really, really good. And he sees these pockets of play, and we all see them, that we, when we play very, very well for a five or ten minute spell. And this is what he's on about in transition, I think. And he wants to just stretch those pockets out it, you know, to, to more time during a game. He wants a half where we dominate and then he wants a full 90 minutes where we dominate. But to do that, you have to control the game. And, and for some reason, we find that very difficult to control the game. And at times we look rushed, we look panicked, we look scared sometimes, especially when we're ahead in games. It's almost like they expect that, that the worst case scenario is going to happen. I think that's what frustrates him when he was watching the game, like some of his comments, you know, about how good they are when he watches them on the training ground and why they can't transition that, what he sees in, on the training pitch into a, into a game mentality situation. You know, so how do you dominate a game of football when when you've got players that, that have got, you know, they do switch off from time to time and there's mistakes in them all the time. So as a fan base, it's incredibly frustrating, but I think we've got to trust, and I do, in, for the first time in oh, probably since the Graham Taylor days, that I know that there's a manager there that given time and given the right backing, will get it right, 100%. And, and this season is a write-off, whether we like it or not. We're not getting relegated. We're not finishing Europe. It's a write-off now. We all want to see us win week in, week out. So if we're going to make these mistakes and if we're going to lose these games, lose them now, not next season. Learn now. And the players that are going to stay for the long term and for next season, the, and there is going to be a nucleus of this team, they, they are going to be added to, that there'll be, by the time the new players arrive, that the mentality is there and they need to come in and buy into that mentality. And they, it's important that players that are coming in can see what we're trying to do on the pitch. So we need to quickly as possible, get to that point where we are trying to control a game. And yes, it's been difficult because we've played against two, two technically best two teams, in the, if you look at the league table, of the season, you know, so far. So we're not going to face that against Everton or Palace or West Ham. You know, the games that are coming up next. So so this is an opportunity for him now. But you know I what I would say about this, Justin, and 
I think this is the nature of the mentality of our manager. So you've just made a point of look at the two teams that we've just played, right? Arsenal, Man City. From what Unai Emery has said in all of these interviews, look at his reaction. He's annoyed. He's annoyed that yeah. we've lost to Arsenal, a team that yeah. are sec- a team that are currently top of the league. Yeah. So the mentality of our manager is livid. He's fuming. He's fuming at the way we've played against the the best team in the league. Yeah. So that has to filter down to the fans' expectations and their thoughts on the game as well, because. If he's livid, then I'm okay to be annoyed as well because the manager is at the same time. Well, and... It was almost like listening to a fan reacting, wasn't it, to the guy? Yeah. You know, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed that that's happened. That shouldn't have happened. You know, they're better than this. We are better than this. We better, you know, watch them week in, week out. They're better than this. They're not doing what I'm asking them to do. How many times have we heard that over the past well, normally, years? What we'd normally get is like um, you'd get the normal. You know, Watkins' goal was brilliant. Coutinho was great. We played really well in in parts. If we can take some of those parts into the next game, we'll do really well. You know, it was a little bit unfortunate with the one that hit off Martinez. Emery ain't saying it's unfortunate he hit off Martinez. Emery was saying we shouldn't give the ball away to allow them to have the chance in the first place. This is an elite mentality, this, though, isn't it? This is how an elite manager thinks. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's not feeling sorry for himself that it's just bounced off the back of his head and gone in and, you know, hard done by and are these things over the course of a season level themselves out. You won't hear Uno Emery saying anything like that. No. One of the main reasons that is because he does so much homework on each team. You know, he's, he's we, we, we've learnt this, you know, and we were told this when he came in. That, that there's not many managers in world football that put the time and effort into the amount of... <laughs> studious work he sits down watches hundreds of games he watch he, he gets all this information collects all of the data that that is available now to, to all these coaches and the premier league teams and and he does all that to set out a team and a way of playing and a style of play and and gives them all their instructions as a whole as a unit the defense have got to do this your midfielders need to do that your forwards have got to be there and do this and do that he gives them all this information and at the end of the game, he sits back and he's annoyed because they haven't done what he's asked them to do. So is that the player's problem, or is it? It's not his problem because he knows where he wants to get to. And ultimately, you give you give a manager a new a new manager a job. You'd give him that job to to you know because he sold the club a vision. You know we 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 went through an Emery because of what he is as a manager. And I suppose he spoke to the owners and they went yeah. I want some of that, you know. I've achieved. I can. I'm confident with the right backing. We are a much bigger club than Villarreal, much bigger club than Villarreal, and what he's done there is phenomenal. So, given the right backing and the right players and time, he can easily replicate what he's done there at Villa. No doubts about that. That might sound really fanciful, but it's not. So, how does he get that across to the players? You've got to trust them, and, and unfortunately, at the moment, not not many of them really living up to to, to the to the trust that, that he's trying to show them. I know we're stuck with what we've got at the moment, and I'm not digging them out. There's a lot of very good footballers there, but they've got a very very finite amount of time now to convince him they've got a future at Villa. A lot of them. Yeah, right. Let's have a look at some of the. Um... Stats from the game then. Um, 28% ball possession in the final third for Aston Villa. 
Um, 53% final third entries to the box, uh, 80% box entries to shots, and 25% shots to goals. Um, this was the XG by the minute. Uh, Arsenal was 3.17, Aston Villa was 0.46. This is the second half here. This I mean, is what it's ever a visualisation of, of uh, that tells you exactly the tale of the game, doesn't it? Look at the way they dominated in the second half. So it shows that first half we did very, very well. You know, it, we, we, I felt like we edged the first half. I felt like yeah. we did edge the first half. But then for whatever happened second half, it's like that reverting back to type. What do we do? And I think the players collectively just thought we have to just get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And we just completely lost our way. And that graphic to me shows it perfectly. It can be a mentality issue as well, can't it? You know, soft underbelly. You know, when 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 things start to turn, you you've got to, as a collective, you've got to say, right, we're not taking this. We know we're under the cosh. We've got to somehow grab this game now and turn it around. And it's very difficult to do. Yeah. Passing network from the game as well. Slightly better than the Man City game, but still not not as good. Not as good at all, really, compared to Arsenal's. This was our XG shot map. Um, again, you can see the dominant side and the not-so-dominant side. Aston Villa's uh, chance creation pretty much all came through the centre of the pitch in these areas here. Um, these were like balls down to Ollie Watkins as well. Um, Arsenal's chance creation, heavy on here. This is where they scored two goals from outside of the box. Uh, we can have, that's Villa's shot map so far this season. So let's have a look at, start off with one of the big positives then, with this goal for me. Um, and Ollie Watkins, um, great ball. I think that's cash, isn't it? The great ball over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the finish from Watkins in this area you know, he absolutely smashed it and it was a fantastic finish, wasn't it, Justin? Phenomenal, yeah. I mean, you know, strike, we all know strikers are um, a f playoff form, don't they? And, and that, you know, he's in a confident run of form. You know, first time I think his career, he's got four in four. And he looks like a player that's really starting to embrace the manager, what we've been talking about up to now. You know, he's got standards, he's got levels, he's got what he wants, what his vision is of the team. And it definitely looks like Ollie Watkins has bought into it. You know, we, we've all been critical of Ollie Watkins. He's finishing. But the last four games, he's been pretty much faultless. You know, he, he's missed the odd half a chance, I think, in a couple of the games. But, you know, to score a goal a game in the Premier League, you can't really ask for more than that, mm. can you? You know, and he's comfortably now our top goal scorer, which is nice to see, especially after the Danny Ings exit. And the, <laughs> the worries... And the worries surrounding, you know, our um, lack of striker depth. And I said it all along, you know, hopefully nothing will happen to him. Um, and he would be, whether Ings was here or not, Watkins was always our first choice striker. I think that was set in stone with the manager. And it's lovely to see because he's young enough to be, he's young enough to be anything he wants to be. He's yeah. got all the attributes to be an absolute beast of a striker. He's got pace in spades. He's got... He's good in the air. He's, he's he's a good stature for a striker. He's got decent feet, and you know he's showing now he can finish. And and you know we yeah. always knew if he could add goals to his game, 
he would be a real, real threat, you know. And, and look at some of the teams around us. And, and, and apart from, you'd say, Kane and of the obvious one, Haaland, how many strikers are absolutely banging them in this season? There's not that many. It is a very, very difficult league to score a lot of goals in, you know. So he's going to hit double figures again. Hopefully he can get up to maybe even 15 or so, and that will give him the confidence to go on again next season because I think the manager really likes him. I really do. Yeah, he does. Can we fast forward past this one? Let's have a look at this one then. All right. So, Tyro Mings against Leicester made a clearance and he knocked it straight into the same area that it, that it came from. Now, Tyro Mings in this position here. The ball's come down to him. He can clearly see that, you know, wherever, it, wherever he heads that, he's either got to get height on, on it yeah. or he's got to pass it to a Villa player. The one thing you cannot do is knock it back there. Yeah. And that is the area that he knocks that ball to. I I I really you know looking looking when I was at the game, I thought, oh maybe he was like he was under it and sort of like he mm. headed it and it, you know, but when I've seen it numerous times now, why didn't he just do that? Yeah. Why didn't he just knock it there or have a shout off Martinez to come and grab it, or I, I just don't understand why you would head it back into there. It it was such it's such a shame that we're talking about a mistake again from Mings because he's been really really good this season. I can't emphasise that enough. This was a really bad mistake, but they have been pretty few and far between this season, on the whole, and. About five minutes before that, less than five minutes before that, he made probably one of the best goal line clearances I've, yeah. I've seen in a very long time. And I know it was eventually ruled out, it would have been ruled out for offside, but he didn't know that at the time. And the athleticism he showed to get ahead of Nketiah and clear that ball literally off the goal line, which would have been a, a guaranteed goal had that not been offside. And, and I saw it on Twitter, it was like, that's you know that's Tyrone. That's why you know he's in the team, and everyone was so chuffed for him when that happened. And then you know two minutes later, I just it. Just, I don't know what it is. I just don't know what it is. It just a, a real blank moment because he should have just headed it out for a corner. That that you know that would have been my number one thing to head it out for a corner, and then you, you regroup and you just defend the corner. Yeah. To, to to knock it into this danger area, terrible. Right, and, so, and to be honest as well, looking at the other players around him, they're all they're all pretty. They're none of them are on the toes, you know. Expected the ball, are they? I think that's. It looks like maybe Buendia is it, and and Buendia and Kamara are like the two closest yeah. player to uh, Saka, and he's the one that reacted quickly enough to it. But I suppose Saka's already got a yard on, on yeah. uh, Kamara there, so it's very harsh to him criticise them. But yeah. big, big mistake. And you saw it in his face the second, as soon as he that scored, you could see he was so disappointed with himself. Brilliant goal, well worked goal, beautiful dummy from Buendia, and a, you know a, a fantastic finish from Coutinho. What a goal this was. And especially first half, Coutinho had a good game. 
Yeah. Coutinho had a had a, a real good game. Um so you know, nice, nice finish. Um well, I was all for um for Durant to start, to be honest. I know he did yeah. the, the, and um when he started Coutinho, I was thinking, oh, you know, he did have a really big impact against City when he came on and but he did. He, t- he played very well. And I'm, I'm glad he scored because I'm glad he's, he's showing that, you know, hopefully getting some kind of, with a little cameo against City and now that, that first what, hour against uh, Arsenal, you know, he's showing, definitely showing signs of sparking into life. And it was a wonderful goal. Lovely through ball from uh, Kamara down the left. Uh, Moreno doing what he, he looks like he's going to do a lot for us now and, and, and cut the ball back. Lovely uh, appreciation of who's around him with Buendia. And, and a lovely touch and finish from 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 Coutinho. Absolutely wonderful goal. So frustrating, isn't it, that we can put these moments of magic together? Um, both of our goals so well worked. Um, disappointing, disappointing yeah. to not come out with yeah. anything. And you said moment of magic, Justin. Sorry. Poor, <laughs> poor performance. Oh, <laughs> right. Dear. Next one. Yellow card. Right. Next one. Here we go. So. One, two, so short corners. They were doing it all game, weren't they? Um, Arsenal were, were, they don't want to get the ball in the box. They want, they want to work a shape. They want to drag us out of position. One thing that I will say about this, and I said it to the lads in front of me at the game, why do we not leave one player up on a corner? Because if you leave one player up on the halfway line, they've then got to leave two back. We, we we put everybody in the box, so it basically just means that everyone's in the box. They're, they're ca- camping us in our box. I don't understand why Watkins or Bailey are not, like, up top, one of them. It, it is, I, I'm totally with you. It, it seems to be a professional football thing where they almost feel like they've got to get everybody back to set up for a corner, so it gives them the best chance of defending it, but... You know, certainly from my experience in Sunday League football, you know, I used to play up front and, and the first thing I would do when we had a corner is I'd go back and defend the corner because I was one of the biggest blokes and I'd send one or two of the, the nippy sort of uh, sort of talent, you know, more talented footballers up front and just to stand on the halfway line because if, if nothing else, it, it creates them to think about, right, we've got to leave a couple of three players back here or at least one marking, one free, and then maybe one in between the penalty box and the halfway line to pick up any loose balls. So straight away with a corner taker, that's four players that can't be in the box. Yeah. So to, to like you say, to almost invite the whole of their team into your yeah. penalty box. Because what they end up doing, you know, it. they've got Zinchenko here, they've got someone probably around that area, someone... Yeah. Just beyond the ref. I mean, this is prime Stevenage. So, I mean, look at Zinchenko here. He's cranking that up. He's cranking that foot up. That well, he's got all the time in the world, and he just and take he a touch. Smacks that there. Why is nobody anywhere near him? I can't. I, I, I can't understand. Why it's not like it's like you say that it was. It was multiple times I was using this short corner routine. It wasn't a one-off. I don't know. It's frustrating, and these are the kind of things that they'll look they look back and when they do their own debriefs days after, and they'll be pausing it probably exactly where you've paused it there, and be saying, you know, why aren't we switched on more there, lads? Who's who's at the edge of the box? Who's marking him? You know, there's what one, two, three, four. Like there's six six Arsenal players in the box, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Villa players in the box. 
So how is he free there? If, I, I, you know, the, the thing is, though, if you are giving these players that type of opportunity to smack one in, a free it, then you've got to be prepared for that to hit the back of the net. Well, you've got to fancy to hit the target, haven't you? Professional footballer with a, a more or less a free shot on goal inside the box. They're going to hit the target in there, so you're creating problems for yourself, aren't you? Yeah. Bailey found his right foot. Fantastic strike. Brilliant. He's so unlucky that it didn't bobble off the back of his head and go in. But, yeah. that, you know... Well, the tail of two posts, wasn't it? One, one hits the post and goes out. One hits the post and, and goes in. It's that's the nature of football, unfortunately. And, I, and this one, I just, I just annoys the hell out of me. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't, I, I don't get this. Martinez's view through that there. I don't know if you've got the view from behind the goal. It's even no, worse. I haven't. It's, it's, it's honestly. How how they are not interfering with the play. When you look at Martinez's position there, he's having to crouch down to try and get a view of where where the shot is coming from. Now, his, his feet there are pretty much planted. I'm not saying he, he could have got near it, but if he'd have had a better view of that shot, he might have been able to move himself slightly more to, to his left, which is our right, looking at that screen there, which might have given him that extra yard to maybe get a hand on it, or maybe not even be in the, in the same position he was when he found himself falling to the ground after it hit the top of the bar, to hit his head and go in. So so to say that they're not interfering with plays is pathetic, honestly mm. pathetic. I think they did look at it on VAR, but I don't think um, I don't think they was ever not going to give it, to be honest. I'll put that in, but I'm, I'm not even going to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> so right, you know, we've 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 gone through it. We've gone through Emery's frustration. We, we we know what Emery's trying to do. We we know how he's trying to play, um, and they just weren't grasping it, and they're currently not grasping it. Um, and he mentions this big reaction for Everton, like, you know, he's saying, like, a reaction like we've not seen before. Um, and, you know, I felt like I'd misread Emery a little bit because when I kept saying a couple of weeks ago, like, we want to see, like, a performance, you know, I was reading into that that he wanted us to, like, just play well and get a result and just do whatever, but what I'm reading from it now is that he wants to show us how we play and and all the good work that he does on the training pitch. So that transitions to Villa, coming to Villa Park and not just playing well and winning on the counter-attack. He wants us to be dominant. He wants us to boss a game with the ball, with possession, where we suck the life out of the opposition, where they don't even have the ball, can't even get the ball. And that is what he wants. And, you know, you made a great point, Justin, of, of Emery's won numerous trophies. He's, he's a successful guy. And him watching what he's been watching the last couple of weeks, he's probably thinking, like, what are they doing? And he's, he's, he's probably more than frustrated. And I'm not saying that he can't ever come under criticism because he obviously he can like I, 
if I had to be critical of, of, of Emery in that game, I'd say I don't think he should have took Dougie Louise off. No. And I don't think he should have took Watkins off. You know, I think when, when you take both those big players off the villa, I think it, we're going we're going backwards even more. I mean, if you see Dendonka coming on the pitch, your initial thought might probably be, Well, this is salvage mode. Hmm. And I would have put I would have put Duran on for um for Bailey. for, for no, for um, Coutinho. Really? put uh, Bailey on, didn't they? Yeah. I think there's no... There's no the one big thing coming up from this game was the Martinez thing, wasn't it? We haven't really spoke about that. The, when he went up for that, that um, corner and there was this bit of a fallout afterwards and people questioned him, well, is it something you like? And he basically said he, didn't, he doesn't like it and he didn't give him permission to do it. And, you know, th- this is something now... The Emmy Martinez thing is something I think that's going to rumble on. No, for the rest of the season, where what do we do? And I think, I think there's a bit of a, a bit of a, what do you want to call it between Martinez and, and Emery of who's the boss kind of thing. Martinez yeah. has come back obviously with this big ego which he's got, which we all love. We love him for it, and he's been an absolute phenomenal goalkeeper for us since the day he signed for us. Um, but I do think Emery's now somehow got to rein him in a little bit because he's. Been a bit of a loose cannon, hasn't he, on the pitch? Well, and you know, the, the the thing is, it's a power play, isn't it? Now between the two of them, I think a little. Bit. I think it's okay having that bit of swagger when you're on a football pitch with Martin. When you're on a football pitch with Messi, Alvarez, yeah. you're on the football pitch with McAllister, uh, Enzo Fernandez. You're ripping it up at the World Cup. But when you ain't backing it up for your, for your club team and we're not exactly like setting the Premier League alight, you've got to rein that in a little bit because, you know, not more times than not. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Totally. I think what it's happened, what's happening is it's becoming... Whereas at first it was quite funny and we, we, we got one or two really nice 1-0 away wins, didn't we? Where he was doing it. I think Brighton away, was it? We were 1-0 and, and he was really, it was really good the way we saw the last 10 minutes out. Spurs away, we saw the game out really well. But at the moment, it's feeling a bit counterproductive. It's feeling a bit like, you know, we are winding the opposition up too much now. And, and you could see when they got the winner, well, the third, that they were really, really glad that they could rub it into to, um, Martinez's face, really, because he was doing all this time wasting. And, and we don't want it to become a counterproductive thing to do. What it should be there for, and a lot of players do it, is, is game management. And that's seeing the, the clock down to win a game 1-0, not take the piss in the last 25 minutes and wait for, well, for the inevitable yellow card. Well, yeah. Like it's two two, and that that's where I think Emery's frustration when he mentioned that quote about uh, we are waiting for the ninety minutes to pass. Yeah, we 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 we're trying to get we're trying to get a two two draw at home, but that's yeah. not what Emery wants to do. No. Emery wants to win the football match. No. He doesn't want us to get a two two draw at home. So I think that's part of the so pro- th- that's part of the problem. It is. it is, and he's got to rein him in a bit. And I think there was a bit of a. Uh, in the interviews he did and when he was asked about him, I think that was a bit of telling Emmy, I'm the boss here, I'm the manager, you do what I say. And and he has to toe the line, you know, absolutely has to. And I expect him to do that. I think it'll be, probably have a private conversation in the week 
they'll probably be very frank in their in what they both think. Um, I would imagine Martinez was just really, really peed off that he'd, you know, that third had gone in off his head and he was just trying to go up and, and try to somehow salvage something out of the game and it backfired on him massively getting the fourth. So it became a bit of a thing after the game with a lot of the press picking up on it and asking the manager the question. For me, he just said that he doesn't like it. He never told him he could go up. And I would hope he'll just say to Martinez, don't do that in the future. We don't, I don't play like that. And Martinez just takes it on the chin because he has to, you know. Ultimately, he's Villa's goalkeeper, isn't he? he doesn't, he's not the manager. So, but the Emmy thing is definitely something that's going to roll on, I think, to the end of the season. What, what, what do we do with him in the long term? But that's for another day, I think. Yeah. And I mean, we've got Everton away next. I'm off to Goodison. Yeah. Fair play. That's going to be a tough game. Yeah. But, like, I know we've gone into this and we've, we're have we not happy, but we've got to go there and try and win. Absolutely. I've you know, no I doubt. Mean, we, we have to go there and, and, try and, and try and go for the victory. I mean, my early thoughts on Everton so far is they've done well. They've got two results against Arsenal and Leeds at home. I don't think they're playing great football. I nope. think get the ball to McNeil, get it in the box, win second balls, third balls, do all of that doggy, determined, turn-up sort of stuff. But we've got to go there and try and play football. And if we do that, we win the game. We, we, we get a positive result from that game. I mean, don't forget they played a Leeds team that didn't have a shot on target on Saturday. I, I just can't for the life we think we're going to turn up and be that bad. We're just not. You know, we've come off the back of three very disappointing results, three losses. Um, we've been generally very, very good away from home under Emery. So I think, you know, that's a, a chance to go away and and, and do the same again uh, that we did. We had a half-decent second half against Man City. Um, and, and they'll be wanting to put it right, I've no doubt. They'll be wanting to put it right. He's already alluded to that, hasn't he? Like you've said, you know, he wants, he wants to put on a show on Saturday and he wants to to turn, turn things around and give us a positive end to the season. And whilst Everton are fighting for their lives, they've got themselves clear a little bit now, with a little bit of momentum. So if anything, the pressure's off a little bit off them now. Um, they will want to carry that on, obviously, because they'll want to move away as quickly as they can. But I think we can go there and, and, and try and win the game. I think that's what we will definitely be trying to do. Um, team selection will be interesting this week as well, given what we've seen this week. So... Lots and lots to get into this week with another game on the horizon. Definitely. So, um, I think that's us done for today then. So, cheers everyone that's watched it, that's got this far. Subscribe, drop the video a like. Get involved in the comment sections like always. Um, add up the villa. Up, up the, the villa. Emery. Keep the faith. <laughs>